Hey moms, I'm Stephanie Donovan. And I'm Sally Feuerstein. And together we are Modern Domestic Moms. A podcast where we discuss our mama mania, sharing our perceptions and insights as we relate to you and the moms around us. So go ahead, fill your glass, and join in with us on the conversation. Because momming ain't easy, and you don't have to do it alone. Come Come sip sip with with us. us. Welcome back and welcome to a new mom experience episode. We love our mom experience guests because they help us give a bigger, broader picture of the experiences of moms in all different phases of life and different types of circumstances. And so today, we've got a mom with grown kids, a very cool mom, I might (laughs) add, and we're going to talk about that second era of motherhood, the one in which you've raised your kids. They've flown the coop, or sometimes they come back, and maybe they're even having kids of their own. So... Before we get into that, just a little bit of housekeeping. We love your feedback and your reviews. Please continue to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please write us a review. This helps our podcast to be more easily found by new listeners. Also, we love your topic ideas. So if you've got a guest in mind or a topic, send it over to us. You can DM us on our Instagram, MDM the pod, or email us at moderndomesticmompodcast at gmail.com. Couple more things. Elizabeth over at the Modern Domestic Woman just dropped a fall style guide. It's very cool. I checked it out today. So if you haven't seen it, go visit her on Instagram and check it out. And one more very cool thing that she's doing. She is holding a Pylea pop-up shop in just a couple of days when you're hearing this. It is on Sunday, September 26th from 9 to noon over at Cafe and Bar in Geneva. And you can purchase little Pyleas there. Most of them are $5. 100% of the proceeds will benefit Chicago Naomi's House, an amazing organization that offers support services, hope, and healing to survivors of sex trafficking in the Chicagoland area. So please go check it out. And lastly, we are going to be doing an episode, just a fun one coming up, about the worst kid things ever. I'm talking down with the glitter glue, pooping puppies, burping dolls. I want to hear it all. Send us your nominations to MDM the pod or to our email because we are going to dive in. Pass the pod, love. Are you ready to pass? (laughs) Now, Sally's just learning about podcasts, but as we all know, I am deeply, deeply invested. So the choice for the one this week is Raising Good Humans with Dr. Eliza. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful about not having all the answers? Dr. Eliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, assistant clinical professor, and co-founder of the Mount Sinai Parenting Center and Seedlings Group, is a mom trying to raise two good humans herself. In each episode, she goes deep but brief with both experts and parents to share the most effective approaches and tools and talk about the important bigger picture of raising good humans. I've listened to episodes 
ones from poop to COVID vaccines for kids, how to decrease yelling, how to increase mindfulness. I mean, a broad, expansive topics, useful range, great content. So check her out. All right, ready to jump into our get. Oh, oh my gosh, I was going to leave the wine. Can you, Sally and I would never leave an unopened <laughs> bottle of wine. Let me tell you that. Our wine of the week. You want to do the honors, Ooh, Sally? It's decoy red. Yep, we love a it's decoy. It's a good one. It is. Actually, exactly said that to Scott. I said, can you get Sally and I a good wine? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he chose. Good choice. Well, thank you. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Well, Let me for formally me. introduce you. We're going to jump in and introduce our wonderful guest, Sally Feuerstein, is a mom of four grown boys. I didn't know how many grandchildren you have. How many? I, I have four now. Well, there you yeah. go. Very added, even. Added a couple this summer, so oh, the spring and summer. That's very so. exciting. So she has four grandchildren. She lives in St. Charles with her husband and her adorable dog, and her home is definitely the hub for my husband Scott's friends, who have been friends with her son Charlie since high school and college. And it's one of my favorite places to go. So when I was brainstorming an episode about moms of adult kids, Sally was definitely the first person I thought of who would be perfect to talk to. So Sally, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm a little bit nervous, so (laughs) I'm not sure what to expect here, but... Let's dive in. (laughs) Yeah, we can edit anything out. That's the magic of the podcast. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about your kids for a second. How old are your kids? And I know they're living all over. Okay, so my oldest is Andy. He's 43. Brian is the second. He's 41. Charlie is 30, going to be 38. And Dan, the baby, is 36. I'm impressed so. that you remember all three. <laughs> and if you didn't catch that, she has A, B, C, and D, which is my favorite thing about the boys and their names. You can never forget. No, and it, it worked out very well when we had babysitters because they never came a second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, where are they all living? They're all over, right? Um, well, my oldest son just moved from San Diego to Wilmington, North Carolina. So we had the pleasure of helping he and his wife and the two kids move across country. Oh, goodness. So Brian is living in Connecticut, not too far from Hartford. Charlie is in Denver. And we're very pleased that Dan is with his family here in Chicago. So at least we can see two of the grandkids regularly. (laughs) So now four boys and relatively close in age. Two on a good day have me exhausted. (laughs) How do you even explain that? Uh, Chaos. I mean, it was definitely constant motion from the moment they woke up. And thank my lucky stars, they were all good sleepers at night because they were exhausted. So once they went to bed... You know, that's when I went into laundry mode yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever needed to be done. So there there were some long days, but yeah, uh, yeah it, it was very hectic. And very you just hectic. learned to embrace the chaos? You know, uh, we had some help. 
but when they were all, all involved in different athletic interests, literally we choreographed our weekends. Oh, I yeah. would print out two sheets, one to hand to my husband Jack to say, this is where you have to be, yeah. and this is where I'm going to be. And we had so many of our friends say to us when we finally went to a social event or a party, we never see the two of you together. <laughs> and and we couldn't because we were always yeah. driving in different directions, picking this one up or dropping this one off. And I'm sure the boys will tell you a few stories about how mom didn't get there to pick them up on time, <laughs> how I left one at a bowling alley. Oh, yeah, no. it, it wasn't always perfect. You know, it happens. <laughs> at least you didn't have like a home alone scenario. Like you never went on vacation on a plane and left one at home, did you? No, I well, didn't even go. make it all the way home before I realized he's not here. <laughs> right. I have so. those moments. So like Helen will be just zoned out going to preschool and it's so quiet I'm like wait am I even driving the child like is he back there (laughs) well I kept asking Dan questions and he wasn't answering (laughs) and finally I said is Dan back there and the other boys just said no (laughs) why didn't you tell me they were like wait (laughs) till she noticed with their own things yeah Yeah, he survived. Another mother waited with him, thank goodness. Like I said, there was always support. Yeah. (laughs) One way or another. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure Dan still holds it against you. (laughs) Oh, yes, I still hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) So when your kids started leaving the nest, was it a relatively smooth experience? Was there a lot of back and forth? How did that kind of happen? We were pretty fortunate, you know, when when they went off to college, they made plenty of mistakes throughout their college years, but by the time they graduated, they got jobs, and I think because we were a family that did so many corporate moves, moving and changing for them was just a skill set that they kind of acquired along the way. So by the time they graduated from college, they were willing to go to another city or take a new job somewhere else. And so uh, we were very lucky. We didn't really have anybody that, you know, came home saying, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) tail between the legs. Yes. Yeah. So they are. Yeah, they go all over. mm -hmm. You know, and depending on when they graduated, you know, you went where the jobs were because sometimes they were few and far between. So, Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I I think because they grew up relocating so many times, even going to college for them wasn't a big transition it was just one more move right this time we get to do it without mom and dad (laughs) right so now what did they all become they're all engineers you're kidding every single one you know jackson engineer and he told them when you graduate there are always jobs for engineers and he was right so they all went into engineering and Made it through. (laughs) Wow. Now, I mean, they must all have that, I call it the engineering mindset, because Scott's very, like, left-brained and logical, and (laughs) so are they all kind of similar in that way? You know, they're all so different. I I don't know... How it happened. I really don't. I really don't, because they are very, very different. That's funny. Now, growing up, though, I have to ask, 
Now, do they fight all the time? With four, is it like these two always fought or was it like different day, different flavor? It's exponential. (laughs) It's not just two and two. It's, you know, if there wasn't one to fight with, there was another one. (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of arguments. It did tend to be two and two a little more because those were the ones that were closest in age and probably more in competition with one another for because of their ages but yeah and then as they got older well you never knew who was going to be mad at who (laughs) so it's been interesting now what are some of the biggest challenges you face being a mother of adult kids when they fight now do you stay uh, out of it it (laughs) has finally gotten a little bit better i thought they were never going to outgrow that you know there were some years where really you're in your 30s how can you still be fighting so that that was always a big challenge now i have to tell you when girls serious relationships kind of entered the picture they became better men They really did. And having these love interests really softened them. They weren't just meatheads. They were (laughs) much, much better men. Yeah. So, but they did. So, (laughs) And it adds a cool element to your family, too. I mean, raising four boys. Suddenly you've got some estrogen in there. Yes, it was wonderful. (laughs) That's so great. It it was wonderful. So um, now... You know, there some of them are raising children of their own. They still all want to get together and do things together. And so I just consider that a huge win. Yes. So. And a testament to how yeah. you raised them. Well. <laughs> now we're still waiting for Charlie to get married. I do have to throw that jab in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Charlie's pretty happy where he is. Yes. And, you know, his friends are single or they're married with no children, yeah. and I think he's found his niche. I really do. So, <laughs> Now, your home is sort of home base for your kids' friends, even as adults, you've said. Now, how is it that you accomplish that? Because that is sort of the talk when, like, my kids are preschool, kindergarten age, and some of my friends, we will say, I, I have friends, I think Elizabeth has said it, no, my house is the house. Like, you all come over here. I will host everyone. And I feel like you really have that down. So being that open house that the kids want to come back to, to bring their friends, even as adults, did you kind of see that when they were younger? Or have you tried to do that? Or did it sort of just happen? I think it was just always that way. And I think a big part of it was because there were four of them. So when they would come home from school and they wanted to play street hockey or whatever, they already had four team players present. So yeah. they didn't have to round up a whole neighborhood of kids. There were was always a number of kids to play something with. So I think that's how it initially began. But then, you know, their friends were just always welcome. I I remember pulling into the driveway, coming home from the grocery store and, you know, my oldest son would be there with all of his friends and we'll help you carry the groceries into the house, Mrs. Feuerstein. (laughs) Well, of course, I didn't have to unpack anything. They ate it as quick (laughs) as it came out of the bags. But, you know, and I, I mean, we liked that. We encouraged them to bring their friends around. It was a good way for us to know 
who their friends were, Mm -hmm. what their friends were like, what they were up to, you know, and sometimes it was really embarrassing for my kids because one of the friends would spill the beans about something that happened at school or during the day. And I could just see what my boys, you know, cringing. (laughs) I can't believe you told her that. Right. And you're just pretending not to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a lot of information that way too, which might not have been, you know, volunteered by my kids. So kind of kept me tuned in a little bit when they maybe got into some trouble. So (laughs) that is a nice benefit. Yeah. And to know their friends, I do think is very cool. Um, But I, I mean, we were always fortunate enough to have room. So if the boys came over and they wanted to spend the night, you know, whole crowd of them could stay in the family room or in the basement or whatever and you know we never never discourage that so even now that they're in their late 30s and Uh 40s they still do that they really do (laughs) I think you know I think a lot of it has to do with you know the computer and everything now too where they stay so connected to people that don't live in their town anymore, you Mm -hmm. know, that maybe they knew from high school, but still live across country. And, you know, they, they managed to uh, maintain those friendships Mm -hmm. because of all of that, which is really nice. Well, I will say, and Scott is not the best communicator. One, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he can't get mad. But also (laughs) he would admit that he's not the best communicator. And he has an ongoing group chat that group that we're talking uh-huh. about and uh-huh. they always they rename it something else ridiculous like every time like naming a band right and it, they really do just all <laughs> keep in contact which is something to be said for years and years of it's friendship nice. like that. well and, yeah. and like i said charlie lives in denver but whenever he comes home you know all the guys make a point of getting together or meeting somewhere hanging out at somebody's house um i think that's wonderful yeah, last time we were over for dinner at Sally's and we were doing the toast and you said, well, I'm glad you came here. I can't imagine you going somewhere else. I'd be a little <laughs> bit offended, but I'm glad that you came here. That, you know, I mean, that makes the the visit complete for us too, yeah. just having everybody together at our house. It's fun for us too. And now, I mean, so. we bring our kids. That's got to be kind of <laughs> blowing your mind. That's fun too, though. Yeah. Now, what would be your advice or what works for you in keeping those communication lines open with your adult kids? I mean, especially that they're boys and especially that they live in all different places. How do you sort of maintain that relationship? You know, it's it's sort of hard because mm-hmm. we try to leave the doors open. Sometimes, you know, one or the other of them is struggling with something or having a more challenging or difficult time. And you try to approach the subject very gently. And sometimes you are told, mind your own business or that's enough. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And so they know that you're ready to listen that you have an open mind, but a lot of times they're the ones that close the door and say, yeah. you know, I'm I'm an adult. I'll I'll handle it. Yeah. You know, and then maybe down the road a bit you could ask again, you know, right. so are things going okay? You know, did you resolve this or that? And 
you know, they'll let you know, but when they're ready, you try, yeah, you try to just kind of get your foot in the door gently. Cause yeah. like I said, sometimes, sometimes they don't want to hear it from you. Yeah. And it, I mean, that starts young. Mm-hmm. A GR will be in the car after school. And I'm like, how did today go? How did this, go? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and he's overwhelmed. He's going two hours a day to seven. Uh-huh. So he doesn't want to think uh-huh. or talk about school. But I mean, I can see the seedlings of that already. Well, I'll tell you, Stephanie, you've got boys too. And I didn't think boys were that different from girls. But I have, my boys have girl cousins that are about the same ages as they are. And, you know, the the boys would go to a dance at school or something and you'd say, oh, you know, how was the dance? Eh, it was okay. The girls would sit down with you and they would talk about the dress this one wore and you got all these details and it was like... (laughs) Can't you boys just give me a little more? <laughs> Throw me a few morsels here. Right. But I, I think there's a big difference between, yes. you know, the for some reason, the boys are very guarded. You know, why do you keep asking me all these questions? <laughs> it's like, why are you prying? I'm not prying. I'm interested, you know, yeah. but they're, they're very... Uh, I don't know, closed mouth about a lot of the details. So you'll find that out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of reading about just some parenting topics, going back to school and JR being in first grade now. And one of them did say, and I liked this idea of, you know, you just provide the safe haven as much as you can. So things that are going on at school are going to be really challenging. He's in this class for the first time or the reading and learning to read and the math and all this new stuff everywhere, new friends, new classes, so many more hours of school, the pandemic. I mean, it's crazy really what they're dealing with. And then to come home and maybe he doesn't want to rehash all of it, but you have that safe haven so he can just sort of decompress and sometimes you get it because he's decompressing I mean he will go off I've had many talks with him in the past couple weeks and I know he's adjusting and he's tired but his attitude or the tone I feel like my mother because I'm like (laughs) think about how you're talking to me you know I'm using like all those same strategies but the safe haven I mean there's some truth to that as far as you think, too? Absolutely. But I, I think, too, my children are grown. Yours are still young. These young kids, they're aware of COVID. They're aware yeah. of global warming. They're aware of so many things that are going on in the world because of, you know, the mass media. Right. Um, I'm not sure my kids were that aware of a lot of those things going on. So... Yeah. Uh, Outside of your normal school classes and friends and things like that, they're bombarded with all these things from the from the real world. And, yeah. you know, I'm not sure how they process all of that. Right. Growing up, my dad always put on the evening news. I don't know if, besides if there's a tornado coming, then we'll have it on. But really, I don't do that, you okay. know. So okay. it, it is interesting. But then they're getting it from school and computers and research that way and yeah it's just it's a different time there's a lot there's a lot it's interesting interesting to think about elizabeth and i like to say when the kids grow up will this even exist will this be like still available for him to listen to and how weird will it be it'll be like 
the eight track or the CD. My mom had a podcast. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, who knows if it'll even still be relevant. Well, I, I even think, you know, Jack and I were talking not too long ago. And, and, you know, when our kids were in elementary school, there were no computers. There right. were no cell phones. You know, we couldn't reach dad if he was on the road or so it was mm-hmm. a very different world. You know, people are so connected instantly today. Right. And, you know, it just wasn't that way. Yeah. Things change a lot. Let's move on to the graduation. Parent to grandparents. I want to talk about being a grandma. Now, how did that go for you? And how does it change how you relate to your kids and their spouses? Okay. Well, let's start with the grandparent thing. Because Jack and I were pretty convinced that we were never going to be grandparents. Between four boys? These boys were taking their time. <laughs> they weren't getting married. They were. We thought we were. I, all of our friends had, you know, multiple grandchildren, mm-hmm. and we would just sit and watch our friends. It's never going to happen for us. So when we finally got the announcement that our first, you know, our granddaughter was due, it was like the happiest day of our lives. And who was the first? So Andy, Andy's, the oldest okay. one, right? His his daughter uh, Ella is three now, and she was our first. So we were just chomping on the bit they are to be young. grandparents. Three is the oldest. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. have young grandkids. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, like I said, we waited quite a while, and we were pretty convinced that it wasn't going to happen for us. And now we have four, and it is the best gig going. It is so much fun. And my absolute favorite thing is to sit back and watch when the boys have a little trouble here and there with a fussy baby or a temperamental baby or a tantrum. And I like to just sit back and look at them and say, are you having a little trouble there, son? (laughs) Sip your wine. And they look at me, this is exactly what you'd hoped for, that they'd be exactly like we were. And I said, mm-hmm. Is it like a sweet taste of victory? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to use the word revenge. Yes. That is so, so funny. Yeah, it's, but it it is just the best, best thing going to be a grandparent. It really is. It and that's really a very is. exciting age, three and under. I mean... Yep. That's a lot and a lot of learning and a lot of challenges and feeding and teething and sleep patterns. I mean, how often do you get to see them? I know a couple of them live further away now. Right. Well, the two that live here in Naperville, we get to see probably every other week. Great. If not if not more often. I we see them very regularly. The uh, two that lived in California, we still managed to see them, you know, a few times a year. They would come here, we would go there, or we always did a family vacation in South Carolina, so they would come. And with uh, FaceTime and Mm -hmm. everything else nowadays, that helps a lot. The children start to remember you at a younger age, I think. You know, you don't, every time you see them, you don't have to go through that strange period where they take time to warm up to you you know they they remember you so that that helps a lot so yeah and now they're a little bit closer living in North Carolina so maybe we'll get to see them even more yeah plus North Carolina is beautiful I mean not that California isn't but that's a fun trip Yeah, yeah it's gorgeous there so 
see now they they were so used to living in California and then they came to North Carolina and it was oh my gosh everything is so green here and there's big trees and then they were very enamored with that and then they saw an alligator swimming in a lake and just this week my son said sent a picture of a spider and he said I have never seen a spider this big that wasn't in a zoo enclosure. Yikes. (laughs) I was teasing him. Well, Andy, you know, you need to give us some perspective on this picture. Could you put your hand up next to the spider? Can you get real close? (laughs) He did not. (laughs) Gosh. So So the little ones, you, you enjoy watching them be the parent. Yes, we do. Are they asking you for advice? Um, you know, every once in a while, I, I don't volunteer too much unsolicited advice. There's so many books out right. there nowadays about the first years and potty training and everything yes. else. And the, the kids tend to be very well read on what to expect when you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I see things maybe not working too well, I step in a little bit, but I don't, I don't want to you know, overstep my boundaries either. We had, there was a little bit of a tantrum and I understand they were ignoring the tantrum rather than engaging, engaging, Uh but there were also special circumstances. There were a lot of changes going around. And so I just kind of grabbed this child and, and held on until, you know, they settled down a little bit. I didn't get too much flack for that. Right. Well, you get the grandma pass is what I like to call it, which somehow magically over the the years since you raised your children to now, the things that we didn't get, our moms will give our kids. (laughs) We're like, what? Why are you doing this? Because they have the grandma pass. Oh, and they they keep score. Let me tell you, they (laughs) they remember. Oh, she never would have let us do that. Right. Yeah. My mom was over the other night and Scott was out of town. So I was trying to get things done, kind of using them. I fed them dinner, but I was like, okay, you stay here with the kids. I'll walk the hound dog. I have to do this. I have to, you know, trying to figure it all out. It was a school night. And I said, JR, maybe if grandma and Chuck are staying, they can read to you and I will go walk Sadie. And he's like, well, I just, I don't really want to do that with them. I don't really want to read. I was like, okay. Well, what do you want to do with them? He's like, just something more fun. And I'm thinking, like, is my mom going to want to play The Floor is Lava? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, what's your idea? And um, he goes, something fun like, I don't know, ice cream? I was like, well, I am sure. <laughs> and then he goes, but what if she says no? I said, name me one time grandma has ever said no to ice cream for you. One time. And he was like, oh, you're right. Yeah, and it's fun. It's got to be fun. Absolutely. Well, and and they want those those special times with the grandparent, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you said, no, there's, I know there's two boys, a girl, the, I don't know the last one. Do you have two? It, it's, I only have one granddaughter. Yes, and then it's and just uh, the boy boys. legacy continues. <laughs> more boys. Which yes. happens. So, and she is such a tomboy. It's like, <laughs> but it's funny because her mother was a tomboy too, you know, mm-hmm. very athletic. And so I think that's sort of her expectation sure. for her daughter too. And if you could have seen the face of my daughter-in-law when she asked her daughter, what do you want to be for Halloween? <laughs> and this 
tomboy said, I want to be a fairy princess. I thought Carla's eyes were going to roll back in her head. <laughs> That's <What>? amazing. <laughs> so maybe there's a little bit of girl in here somewhere. Yeah. But uh, now, what advice do you have for other moms of grown kids or moms who may be just reaching that point where the kids are starting to leave the house, nest is emptying? Are there some ways you kind of went about it that sort of eased the transition? Is there advice you can give about helping those kids get off and live their full lives? The thing that we missed the most was because all the boys were involved in sports. So our world had become, even in college, going down to U of I to watch the lacrosse games or... And then all of a sudden they were all gone and they were finished with that part of their lives and they were in college. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, what do we do now? What are we going to do now? So, you know, if you fill in with friends or jobs or hobbies, Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you find things to fill that time. I've never had a hard time filling the hours but I'm an avid gardener so I could I could spend weeks on end in the yard right but and you probably didn't get to when you were doing all of the craziness right, right? so you kind of reclaimed hobbies and things that you like for yourself was that sort of an easy transition or was it sort of like oh gosh what do what do I even like to? sometimes I am in that space I'm like okay they're in bed caught up on I've finally caught up on work wait what do I even like doing with this time? Like <laughs> I've just run to laundry or, you know, and you just finally get some time. Was that neat for you or did you go out it, and find it, things? It was nice because it, and you referenced this a little bit earlier when you were trying to get all these things done before yeah. grandma came, you had to walk the dog, you had to check this box, that box, the other box. All of a sudden you realize you don't really have that time limitation anymore. So, all those chores become a little easier yeah. because you don't have to complete the task in right. that very small window They don't need time. it for school in the morning. Right, right. right. That, that uniform doesn't have to be washed before practice. You know, it, it can sit in the pile or in the garage and stink. <laughs> so um, I, it, it really wasn't a, a hard transition. And plus... You know, we lost one at a time. Right. So we were kind of stepped down from ultimate chaos to having more time, actually, and enjoying some of the activities a little bit more instead of, like I said, when we were both running in different directions, trying to get everybody to their specific activities or school functions or sports, you know, as, as it got down to the last two. Wow, we'd actually sit at a game together and, and comment. Yes. And, you know, so, but it, it wasn't too hard. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but nice it, it is a big change. Right. It is a big change. You know, and like you said, all of a sudden you look at yourself and it's like, okay, what did we used to do when we were dating? <laughs> right. That's funny uh-huh. that you had that conversation. Uh-huh. I, the yeah. next question I had was, how many years have you and Jack been married? Uh, let's see, we got married in 75, so 46 years. Yeah. 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 Now, do you find yourself going out to more? Di- I know you are such great cooks, you're probably just cooking at home. But what are you doing together that you didn't get a chance to do for all those years? Well, you know what? We used to go out 
routinely. Jack's playing a lot more golf now because he's retired, so he's enjoying that. When we do cook at home, we kind of cook together. That's kind of our time during the day where we come together in the kitchen and spend time, you know, talking and catching up. With COVID... We kind of put the kibosh on a lot of things. We had a nice circle of friends here that we would get together. You know, we'd go to plays, music, whatever. Since COVID, a lot of those activities, you know, have been curtailed. Spending a lot more time at home and around the house and, you know, selectively getting out a little bit more often since things have eased up a little bit. But it's that's definitely changed things again for us. You know, we've both been vaccinated, so we have been able to travel, you know, to California and different places to spend time with the kids. We got to go to Denver this year, which was awesome because I've never been there before. So we take all the precautions, but we we have been able to get out. So that's what we've been doing. (laughs) And, you know, now with the with the grandkids, too, just silly little things. Do you want to go to the children's museum? Do you want to meet us at the splash park? Do you want to, and just watching them, you know, experience all these things. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Absolutely. So they're at such a great age. Oh, something we like to talk about each podcast we do. Do you want to talk a little bit? And self-care is kind of a buzzword, but you had mentioned you like gardening. What are some things that you find yourself doing, even in the area, since we have a lot of local listeners, that you just really enjoy doing now that you've got the time to do those things? What I do almost weekly is visit different garden centers with friends throughout the area okay we haven't been to this one we haven't been to this one let's go up here so when the weather permits you know spring through fall we're we're cruising all the different garden centers a lot you know and we we used to do oh movies and lunches and things like that but again with COVID a lot of those activities have kind of waned you know we always hosted a super bowl party you know that kind of fell by the wayside maybe this year we can get that back again and then in between just you know having everybody come home so yeah well and like and like you said you know when they come home it's not just them it's you know they want to have their friends come or they want to get together with their friends and so it's fun for us we have a good time Well, we have a good time, too. (laughs) Well, good. Keep coming. Scott had an additional question when Uh he, this printed, I know, when this printed off, he said, do I get to add a question? And he called it the additional Charlie question. And his question is, what do you do when your adult children act like children? (laughs) Okay, they all have their moments when they act like children. Yeah. But, um... Scott was definitely gunning for Charlie with this one. Well, with Charlie, we just say, oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. It's so true. I don't think he'll ever change. But I think that's one of the things that makes him fun. I think he's changed a lot. There are memories I have of reeling Charlie in that are wild to think about. Been a little and overserved. Now, I just think he's so lovely now. Like he really is charming. <laughs> he seems to have like grown up so much. Hopefully. Maybe maybe he's finally discovered his limit. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know. Yeah. But I, actually, a lot of times when they were over the top, it was better for them to hear it from a friend or a peer than from mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, because we were just being ridiculous. But yeah. And, you know, maybe somewhere along the line, he's had to pay, pay the consequences of some of those, you know, childish behaviors. And I'm sure. They kind of stay in your mind after a while. <laughs> That's, that brings me to the, you know, sometimes you don't, as a parent, you don't hear about some of these things until so later. Much later. Do you have a good story? Well, I can think of a couple. It, I just, <laughs> I just remember, you know, my son had graduated. The oldest one had graduated from college, and we were going through a bunch of his stuff from college. You know, deciding what he was going to need to pack and take with him for his first job. And I came across a picture of him in the dorm vacuuming. And it's like, when was this taken? Well, I had to do community service. (laughs) (laughs) Dorm community service? Yes. I didn't hear about that. And like I said, sometimes things would come out when their friends were visiting. Right. And I hadn't heard anything about you using the uh, fire extinguisher in the dorm room, Charlie. I or, did hear that story. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so a lot of things, you know, they, they kind of tried to cover up. And then there would be things like, why am I getting billed for an ambulance ride? You know, they didn't tell you anything about it, but the bill came to the house. <laughs> so then they had to come clean. Oh so my. there were... Things where they tried to handle it themselves, but it's not too well. Yeah, still got that. (laughs) So I'm hoping those were all valuable learning experiences for all of them. Right. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And the other interesting thing, looking back, it's fun to hear them reminisce and retell a story. Because my memory of what happened is so totally different than yes. theirs. And things they remember, I had completely forgotten. And when I try to tell them, you know, what I remembered, right. they don't recall it at all. So I figure somewhere between the two is what really happened. Right, <laughs> right. And well, just the things that are so important to them right. at younger ages. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like, we got you what for Christmas? That was such a big deal. Or, you know, <laughs> in some ways I can't wait for it. And in some ways I really don't want to hear about fire extinguishers in dormitories. <laughs> well, that, those were the big infractions. My, yeah. my still one of my very favorite stories was our oldest son was reaching the age where I thought it was time that he learned the facts of life. And I said to Jack, he's a boy. I think it's better coming from you. I don't want him to get it at school or from somebody who doesn't give him the right information. So Jack took Andy out one night and um, I took care of the other three boys. And when they came back, I looked at Jack and and I said, well, how did it go? Uh And then Andy walked past his brothers and he looked at them and he said, whatever you do, don't ever go to McDonald's alone with dad. <laughs> and then we still talk about that story. 
So that's sort of a standing joke in the family. You know, whenever anybody goes to McDonald's, it's be careful. Don't go with dad alone. Who knows what he's going to tell you? Oh, that is so funny. Then he had to like go pick different places for the other kids. Like, no, we're not going to McDonald's. Right. Where do you want to go? Wow. So, yeah. But you know what? Having all boys, I will play that card too. (laughs) That is your job, Scott. Absolutely. Potty training, like Kellen's like, how do I do it? I was like, Scott, get in here. This is not my deal. I love that. I love these stories. These are great stories. Well, is there anything you wanted to add? You know, I think every mom tries to do the best they can. Sometimes you go to bed at night and you feel like you failed miserably. Mm -hmm. Things didn't go the way you had hoped they would or the child didn't respond the way you thought. They turn out okay in the end. (laughs) Some some of them it takes a little bit longer with, but they they turn out to be pretty, pretty cool human beings. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a nice and that's reminder. A good, that's, a, that's a good feeling. That's yeah. a, a really good feeling to be able to look back and say, none of them are in jail. Right. <laughs> they're all contributing to society. Right. They've got jobs. You know, they're living independently. I don't have to worry that they can't take care of themselves. That's a really good feeling as a parent. So you figure yeah. you did something right somewhere along the line. Right. They all they all turned out all right. Even Charlie. Even Charlie. <laughs> cheers to that. Well, we end every podcast with a little cheers. So cheers to you, cheers to us, and cheers to moms. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank Stephanie. you for coming. <laughs> Come sip with us again next week. Thanks for listening to Modern Domestic Moms Podcast. Come continue the conversation with us at MDM the Pod on Instagram. And remember to follow the podcast so you'll be the first to know as new episodes are released. And please remember to rate and review. We appreciate your support.